In this video, we're going to look at the rise, near complete collapse, and recent comeback of Japanese whiskey. Along the way, we will look at one of the world's largest distilled beverage companies, Suntory. Their histories are intertwined. Japanese whiskey has a relatively short history. It has borrowed a lot from Scotland, yet the industry has also managed to come into its own. Pour one out, guys, and follow along with me. But please drink responsibly. And if you're like me and can't drink alcohol, then get a soda or something. A little fun. After writing this script, I decided to feed the same prompt into OpenAI's ChatGPT, been the latest rage. Feel free to pause the video to read the script and compare it to the actual video that follows. The word whiskey is a corruption of the Gaelic phrase for water as in water of life. Not even going to try to pronounce that. This name stems from the Latin aqua vitae, which means the same thing, and refers to the fact that such alcoholic drinks were seen as having mystical properties. Thus, they were exclusively handled by monks and monasteries. Distillation, however, quickly became a commercial endeavor. The first whiskey transaction on the record occurred in 1494 between the Benedictine monastery at Lindoris Abbey and the court of King LeBron James IV of Scotland. An excerpt from the 1494 exchequer roll reads, To brother John Corr, eight bowls of malt, wherewith to make aqua vitae for the king. It's the first transaction we have on record, but its sophistication indicates that commercial activities must have already been going on for a very long time. Smash Cut Japan Whiskey was first imported into the land of the rising sun in 1853, when friend Matthew Perry visited to convince the government to open up the country. He served American whiskey to the Japanese delegates on his ship. The official American report noted that the samurai bureaucrats seemed to relish the drink, mixing it with sugar and guzzling it down. The next year, Perry came back and gifted the Japanese imperial family and their aides a cask of whiskey. A cask can be seen in a painting commemorating the event. Two days before inking the Convention of Kanagawa, the first such between America and Japan, the delegates got sloshed on John Barleycorn, a non-specific phrase referring to barley-derived alcoholic drinks like beer and whiskey. After the banquet, one of the Japanese delegates threw his arms around Commodore Perry crushing the Commodore's shoulder piece, and said, Nichibei Doshin. This was roughly translated to Perry as Nippon and America, all the same heart. At the time of the opening, the Japanese already had their own alcohol, sake. But with everything Western at that time being seen as modern and new, they wanted to explore Western alcohols, referred to as Yoshu. The first Western-style bar opened in the 1860s, serving bourbon, Irish whiskey, and Scotch whiskey. In 1871, a Yokohama trading company recorded imports of various brands. These included the Catmark, or Neko Jerushi, Irish whiskey, which was probably Burke's Irish whiskey, and a Deermark, or Sika Jerushi, which was probably Dalmore. For many years, though, whiskey remained a niche market for high-class people. Most businesses didn't have the patience or finances to distill a drink and then age it over several years. So, for the ordinary folks, fakes emerged, made from fruit wine or mixes of authentic whiskey. It proved a lot of interest in whiskey and thus incentivized people to learn how to make it at home. Japanese whiskey is a descendant of scotch. Some modifications have been made to suit local tastes, but the methods of production are similar. This is due to the fact that the industry's founding members trained there. In 1918, a young man named Masataka Taketsuru, son of sake brewers, 
was sponsored by his employer to go to the United Kingdom to study chemistry with a particular interest in making whiskey. After taking chemistry classes at Glasgow University, he went to the town of Elgin in Moray, Scotland to learn from J.A. Nettleton, a well-respected author about whiskey. However, Nettleton also charged a nettle's worth of fees. Taketsuru declined on the basis of being hella poor and decided to try talking to local distilleries in the area. One such local distillery in Speyside, Longmorn, decided to briefly take him in as an apprentice for free. There, Taketsuru received a brief introduction to producing whiskey about five or nine days. His first day, he showed up in what would eventually be his trademark clean white lab coat, which bemused his hosts. But there, he asked questions, made detailed drawings of the equipment, and learned all he could. After that, he traveled to the Bowness and then Hazelburn distilleries to learn more about whiskey making. It is interesting to think about whether those guys knew back then that they were training a future rival all the way in Japan. Or perhaps they knew that making whiskey is as much art as it was science, even if you use the same ingredients, same cask, and same equipment, but in different places, you get a very different whiskey. In the winter of 1919, Taketsuru married without ceremony the sister of one of his Glasgow University classmates, Jesse Roberta Rita Cowan. The families of both groom and bride were very disappointed at this venture. The latter attempted to annul the marriage. Nevertheless, the two were incredibly devoted to each other. Taketsuru was willing to spend the rest of his life in Scotland with her, but Rita knew that her husband's lifelong dream was to make whiskey in Japan and agreed to go back with him. But upon his return to Japan in 1920, Taketsuru discovered that the company who sponsored him to go had changed their plans due to economic pressures. So they had Taketsuru make fake whiskey until he got sick of it and quit. Luckily for Taketsuru, he then came across a man named Shinjiro Tori, the founder of Suntory. Shinjiro Tori was born in 1879, the second son of a rice merchant and money changer. After attending business school at Osaka, he apprenticed at a medicinal wholesaler, more like a pharmacy. This pharmacy happened to also sell Western alcohols like wine, brandy, and whiskey, his first exposure to the field. A few years later, in 1899, at the age of 20, Tori set up his own shop, Tori Shoten, in the Nishi district. This shop would later change its name to Kotobukiya, or Happiness House. In 1963, Kotobukiya would change their name again to Suntory. For consistency, I'll refer to them throughout as Suntory. The shop imported and sold red wines from Spain. However, Tori found that Spanish wine did not sell all that well in Japan. Customers thought it was too bitter or acidic. So, Tori added sweeteners and flavors to make a blended wine more suitable for the Japanese taste. Akadama Sweet Wine, as it was called, was released in 1907 and eventually took 60% of the domestic market. Suntory is still selling it today, over a hundred years later. At the time of its release, Akadama wine cost many times more than an average serving of rice, so it was marketed as a luxury item. Tori put out newspaper ads touting the product's health benefits and hired Geisha to promote it. Most notably, Tori produced an advertising poster featuring a shirtless photograph of the very famous contemporary opera star Emiko Matsushima. The provocative image caused the then 30-year-old Matsushima's parents to disown her as well as the disbandment of her theater company. Anyway, Akadama made Tori a very rich man, but 
he sought to make what he thought would be the next big thing, whiskey. Japan had recently regained control over its import affairs. In order to encourage domestic production, the government imposed high tariffs, making imports from Scotland more expensive. So Suntory wanted to produce scotch at home in Japan. Tori originally thought about inviting a whiskey technician to come over from Scotland, but coming across Taketsuru decided to work with him instead. Thus, in 1923, the two would build Japan's first whiskey distillery. They argued over where that distillery would be. Taketsuru wanted Hokkaido, but Tori wanted someplace closer to Tokyo for logistical and business reasons. He wanted passing train passengers to see the distillery out their windows. They finally settled on a location at the foot of a mountain near Osaka. Taketsuru hand-drew elaborate maps, which we still have today. Production at Suntory Yamazaki Distillery began in November 1924, but the duo struggled with the product. Taketsuru had to return to Scotland for additional insights, and Tori, in the meantime, had Suntory produce a bunch of other drinks like teas to keep the lights on. Five years later, in 1929, they finally started selling their first product into the market, Shirofuda, which literally means white label. Its slogan at the time is literally translated as, absolutely do not need foreign imports. Despite being Japan's first real whiskey and the appeal to nativist sentiments, Shirofuda did not do well. Reviews at the time said that this smoky whiskey tasted terrible as though burnt. A second, lower-priced whiskey called Aquafuda also failed to take hold in the market. This in turn scorched the relationship between the two Japanese whiskey partners. Tori's whiskey business was losing all the money his sweet wine business was making. Taketsuru, on the other hand, was an engineer through and through, determined to reproduce authentic scotch without compromise, not an uncommon conundrum. Taketsuru eventually resigned at the end of his 10-year contract in 1934. He raised money from investors and moved to the town of Yoichi in Hokkaido, where he felt the weather was really suited to the production of whiskey. There he founded what would eventually be Nika Whiskey Distilling. Today, Nika is a member of the Asahi Group Holdings, maker of that beer and one of Japan's biggest drink companies. Despite Shirofuda's failure, Tori was undeterred. Suntory went back to the drawing board trying a variety of aged and unaged blends. Taste tests were held in high-end bars in Ginza for feedback. Finally, in 1937, Suntory released the Suntory Kakobin. This was Suntory's first hit in the whiskey market. The whiskey is known for its distinctive glass bottle, which is reminiscent of a tortoiseshell. The emergence of a hit product came at the right time for Suntory. Suntory whiskey became widely popular with Japanese soldiers during World War II. It was an ideal soldier's drink, because it keeps well and was high proof. Less than two years after sales began, Suntory shipped nearly 15,000 bottles to the Kwantung Army. It also contributed to the war effort by distilling fuel alcohol for Zero fighters. Their military contributions ensured a steady supply of barley and coal in a time of many shortages. With Japan's participation in the war closing the Scotch import market, Suntory Kakubin had the market to itself building a sterling reputation. Its success eventually paid back the company's initial losses many times over. Worldwide whiskey sales and consumption boomed after the war ended. The Yamazaki distillery was fortunately located far away enough from Osaka that it survived the Allied bombings. Hundreds of aged casks made it through the war. 
Soldiers served whiskey during the war brought their newfound taste for the drink back home with them. Sales grew at a rapid pace along with the country's economic rise. The 1950s and 60s were some of the industry's best years. To encourage whiskey drinking, Suntory opened up Tories bars for average folks to gather and drink. At their peak, there were over 2,000 such bars in Japan. Whiskey became a part of Japanese culture. In Ian Fleming's 1964 novel, You Only Live Twice, orthonologist James Bond goes to Japan and encounters Japanese whiskey. He tells his contact, You shouldn't have poured all that sake on top of the Suntory. I can't believe Japanese whiskey makes a good foundation for anything. The contact tells Bond the Suntory isn't so bad and adds, But you're wrong about Suntory. It's a good enough brew. Suntory had over 60% share of the total market, and whiskey contributed up to 70% of company sales. Management started to feel concern about their heavy alcoholic dependence. In 1960, Shinjiro Tori's son, Keizo Saji, decided that the company should enter the Japanese beer brewing market. In 1963, Suntory launched their first beer. With Kirin, Asahi, and Sapporo already competing, it was a risky decision. Their draft beer product, which had a Danish-type flavor quite different from the German lager-type beers in the market, gradually gained popularity throughout the 1970s and 80s. In 1967, Suntory started producing canned beer, another unusual addition at the time. Over the years, they gained share against Asahi, then the industry's leading provider. As it turns out, this diversification effort became incredibly useful. In 1976 alone, Suntory produced over 250 million bottles of Japanese whiskey. Over 90% of that production was for domestic consumption, restaurants and the like. Unfortunately, the early 1980s represented the very peak of Japanese whiskey sales. By the early 1990s, whiskey sales in Japan would decline by 75%. Domestic whiskey consumption became a mere shadow of itself. You can point to multiple reasons for this decline. First, Whiskey itself got more expensive. In 1981 and 1984, the Japanese government raised a liquor tax on whiskey. The first tax increase caused a particularly large decrease in sales that year. Second, economic times got tougher. A stronger yen in the wake of the 1985 Plaza Accord caused a recession. The popping of Japan's real estate bubble also caused great damage to the economy. A weak economy not only means that young people have less money to go out drinking with, it also means fewer company outings where young people drink with their elders and get introduced to whiskey. And third, whiskey just fell out of vogue. It lost its status as a prestige drink and more started to be seen as a drink for old men. Young people, perhaps unable to afford whiskey, tried new drinks like vodka, gin, or shoju and stuck to them. Shoju, an authentic Japanese spirit, experienced a boom of its own, with consumption levels rising 2.3 times from 1982 to 1985. You cannot say Suntory did not try their best to reverse Japanese whiskey's domestic decline. The company launched and marketed a plethora of new whiskey products in an attempt to appeal to younger consumers. Examples include Suntory Whiskey Q, launched in 1983, targeted to younger consumers. Elk, launched in 1985, a rye-based whiskey aged in casks made from white oak. Cobra, also launched in 1985, a low-priced corn-based whiskey targeted to young men. 
None of these really worked, and Suntory had to lean heavily on its diversification efforts out of whiskey to survive the slow 1990s. These efforts were most successful in the non-alcoholic food and drinks businesses. For a long time, Suntory sought to build a foreign market for their whiskey. During the Allied occupation after the war, foreigners got their first taste of Japanese whiskey and seemed to like it, which was encouraging. In 1961, Suntory opened their first American office, but had a hard time selling product. Liquor store owners in New York City asked, What is Japanese whiskey? Is it a rice whiskey made from rice? From the very start, Suntory tried to distinguish Japanese whiskey as its own thing, not just Scotch whiskey made in Japan. One of their print ads from the 1960s claimed with bombast, Like other classic arts of Japan, Suntory claims an ancient heritage. It is made by artisans whose ancestors distilled the world's first spirits more than 2,000 years ago. Love that wording. Yet despite such efforts, which include a massive Suntory Royal Whiskey billboard in Times Square, whiskey exports remained very small, perhaps a few bottles in a luxury department store. Things on both the export and domestic fronts turned around in the 2000s. One of Suntory's ideas during its difficult 1980s and 90s, when they were releasing random products to try and win back the youth market, was to try gaining recognition outside of Japan. So, they instructed their distilleries to produce single malt whiskies more in line with global tastes, so to compete for international awards. In 2001, Nikka Distillery, the one founded by Taketsuru, won its first international award from the British magazine Whiskey Magazine with the Yoichi 10 year. Suntory's Hibiki 21 year old won second place. In 2003, Yamazaki, 12 years old, won a gold medal at International Spirits Challenge, Suntory's first. Hibiki would go on to win various trophies, including the World Whiskey Awards, World's Best Blended Malt Whiskey, a total of five times. 2003 also saw the release of the Sofia Coppola movie Lost in Translation, which prominently featured Suntory whiskey in the plot. Products like these helped raise the prestige of Japanese whiskey and contribute to its exports. Export quantities bottomed out in 2006, but have since surpassed 2001 levels, growing nearly 700% from their lows. International praise and the growing China market might have helped exports. However, the domestic market continued its malaise. Finally, in 2008, the company brought a 30-year-old mixture back to the market, the highball, or haiboru, and it finally caught on. A highball is a mixed alcoholic drink. There is an alcoholic base and a non-alcoholic mixer, often in high proportion. The whiskey highball is made from whiskey, soda water, and a lemon. It had been quite popular during the days of the Tory bars in the 1950s, but fell out of favor for a while. In the wake of the global financial crisis, highballs caught on with the local izakaya crowd as a low-calorie sweet drink that is cheap, cheaper than a beer, and can be enjoyed while eating. In 2009, 60,000 Japanese bars and restaurants sold whiskey highballs. That nearly doubled the next year to 110,000. Total domestic whiskey volume shipments in Japan have grown over 2.3 times in the 10 years from the highball's introduction in 2008 to 2018. Suntory encouraged this with some savvy advertising, the most notable of which were TV commercials featuring model-slash-actress Koyuki, famed for her role in the movie Last Samurai, making and drinking a highball. The whiskey highball revolution might have been one reason why 
Suntory eventually decided to double down on whiskey with its $16 billion acquisition of Jim Beam in 2014. Today, the majority of Suntory's nearly $20 billion in sales are not from alcoholic beverages, but rather foods and canned drinks. Their canned coffee product, Boss Coffee, famously promoted by Tommy Lee Jones, is one of Japan's most popular such brands. But the company also has a strong position in canned green and oolong tea, as well as mineral water. The company has also set up Japanese joint ventures with outside brands. For instance, they had a majority share of the unit running all of Japan's subway stores from 1991 to 2016, and Haagen-Dazs Japan, which they have had since 1984. They even run a restaurant chain managing stores in China, North America, Singapore, and Japan. This company is doing a whole lot here. What strikes me about the story of Japanese whiskies was how their rise in global prestige comes after the passing of their glory years. Back in the glory days of the 50s, 60s, and 70s, the industry had no need to make a whiskey capable of winning awards. It was only after the domestic market collapsed that Suntory started to produce whiskies that the global critics liked. Globally, Japanese whiskies remain highly regarded, but competition is always fierce. I cannot help but note the recent rise of Taiwanese whiskies like Kavalan. Such distilleries are following the same market entry tactics that Suntory and Nikki did, and will challenge the established players in the future. For now, whiskey seems to have rediscovered a place in Japanese culture. I look forward to seeing it prosper in the years ahead. Alright everyone, that's it for tonight. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to the channel, sign up for the newsletter, and I'll see you guys next time.